This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. In the huddle, Carl Dukes put him up along with my man Brian Baldinger. Jason Lockdown 4, guys, we bring it to you every Tuesday and Thursday as we release new episodes. We're going to bring in our good buddy joining us from BetQL, the BetQL Network. And if you've not been there, if you've not checked it out, guys, you've got to go check it out. You better, you bet. Nick Costas joining us here on the show to get things started. And I'm pretty excited about everything that's going on. And we got to start, Baldy and Nick, with the game tonight. Bills Patriots, right? Thursday night football. And you're looking at the Bills, and you're going, okay, the record's good, but they haven't done crap in this division. When you look at their division record, this is a big game for the Bills. Nick, their favorite, I think, by four. What are you thinking about this game tonight? Well, first off, great to be on with you guys. Hope you guys had an awesome Thanksgiving. Uh, I think Baldy and I are going to be on opposite sides of this game. Uh, I like Buffalo. Um, Just on the point spread of the game, so – you're right. Three and a half is the number right now. Buffalo, a three and a half point favorite. And just to give people a little context, this opened Buffalo, a five and a half point favorite. So we have seen New England get steadily bet over the course of the week. Now, we're not talking like a tremendous line move here. Like I just I always tell like people who are new to betting to think about key numbers as anchors, right? Three and seven are the two key numbers, right? When you think about how the math of the NFL works with field goals and touchdowns, with the advent of the extra point being moved back, six becomes a key number as well with mixed extra with missed extra points. So anywhere in between like five and a half and three and a half, it's not exactly the same bet, but we haven't touched on any key numbers here. So we're in a range that I basically agree with. I make my own point spreads in the NFL. I think Buffalo should be closer to six than to three. So this is going to be a game, guys, where I'm not going to bet like a number edge that I have here. And I do that with some games and we can talk about those. I'm going to bet my opinion in the Thursday night football game. My opinion is the Bills are going to smash them. So last Thursday night against the Minnesota Vikings, Mac Jones obviously looked terrific in that game. Maybe the best game of his pro career. He was great. I'm a bigger Mac Jones
Browns fan than most. Also, this Bills defense is not the Minnesota Vikings defense. It's a lot better than Minnesota's defense. Even without Von Miller, Tredavious White is back. Ed Oliver has been an absolute beast. Rousseau is back. Poyer's healthy. The Bills defense is healthy now. And look at what Minnesota's offense did to this New England defense last week. And I understand that the Bills might not have Deion Dawkins. Also, the Vikings didn't have Christian Darrisaw. I think this is going to be a game where Allen, Diggs, and Davis bomb this Patriots defense here. So I'm betting my opinion here, which can always be a little bit questionable, right? Because that opinion could be worth whatever. My opinion could be the same as anybody else's. I think the Bills win. I think the Bills cover. I like Buffalo on Thursday Night Football. Baldy, let me ask you real quick about the the, the Patriots defense. Um, because every time I've counted them out, their defense has shown up. And that's the one thing I'm I'm hesitant about. I, Nick, I totally agree about the number with you. But I'm like, every time this season I've gone, ah, then New England's defense shows up. And all of a sudden, you know, they're getting to the quarterback and they're getting turnovers. What do you think, Baldy? Well, they've got a real candidate, Matt Judon, for Defensive Player of the Year. He was that candidate through about 12 weeks last year, and then he kind of fell off. Uh, he does so much for this team, and not it's not just sacking quarterbacks. He's just a very good football player. I, I kind of like the way the secondary is going. This Jack Jones is a really good young player, Jonathan Jones. Like, they've got some players that can match up. Um, you know, I'm not saying that they can, you know, shut down Stephon Diggs, but they can match up. They – they know how to bracket guys. They had problems with Justin Jefferson on Thursday, you know, on Thanksgiving. Um, I'm a little, but the, the Patriots to really to Nick's point here, they have to play a particular style of football. Like they have to possess it. They have to run it. They've got to keep Josh Allen off the field. They've got to get a turnover and maybe two. Like when they can do those things, they can be in every game, but because they're just not, an explosive team. They just can't get big chunk plays. It's just not part of their uh, offense the way Buffalo can, the way Kansas City can. And that's why they're a good team, and they could be a very good team if they play their style. But that's all they can do. And if they have to play catch-up, if they have to play a different style, they're not very good at it. I like, I mean, I like Nick's take on this thing. I think Buffalo's a better team right now. Matt Milano makes a big difference in that lineup. And Josh Allen, look, Deion Dawkins is in there. It's a loss. But Josh Allen just has the ability to kind of overcome that. Yeah, I, can I, I, totally can I hit agree. you? Can I hit you just quickly with like two things there? Just um, on Baldy, what you're saying on the lack of explosiveness for New England, you're 100% right. I was kind of hoping to see this from New England last week. Not really because I bet the Vikings, but like I kind of want to see this from the Patriots. At some point, Tyquan Thornton has got to play a bigger role in this offense. Like he's got the vertical speed, the second round pick. I, I feel like at some point they're going to have to start featuring him. Maybe it's tonight. I'm also curious to see Khalil Shakir, the Bills rookie wide receiver. I know McKenzie was great on Thanksgiving against Detroit. Shakir is playing a lot more in the Buffalo offense here. So this is like a prop conversation right now and just trying to get ahead of stuff in the betting market. I'm looking at Thornton tonight to see if he can start to pop and the same for Khalil Shakir for the Buffalo Bills, just as an aside on those two rookie receivers in the game. Nick Costas with us, guys, host of You Better, You Bet. Of course, Baldy, it's in the huddle, and we're hanging out with you guys. Let's talk about the Commanders and the Giants, Nick, because uh, who do you give the edge to here? Listen, uh, I, I, the Commanders, for some reason, have gotten my attention, okay? And yeah, because they know, lose. Because yes, they win every game. <laughs> it, but I don't know if it's an illusion or not, or if they are the team that I, I've seen over the last four weeks or so with, with Heineke at quarterback. What do you think about this game? 
Yeah, probably somewhere in the middle. Like, Heineke will keep your team in the game. And, Baldy, is this your line? Someone said this on You Better You Bet this week. This might have been your line. Someone said it. He keeps your team and his team in the game simultaneously. <laughs> so I want to give credit if that was you that said it. I don't know who no, it was. I didn't say, I didn't, well, I didn't say it. I know, I know the line, but I, I didn't say that one. It's a, it's, it is a, it's a great line. Um, The point spread is fine. Like, again, I want people to think about things like this. Washington's a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Like, should Washington be favored in the game? Probably. But should they ever be a three-point favorite? No. And in the betting market, if that ever hit three, there would be resistance immediately. It's a game with a low total, so, like, points are valuable, right? In a game where we're not expected to see a lot of points scored. So, Washington, a a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. I I don't think they should be that much of a favorite, maybe, like, a one-point favorite. And points do matter when you have a low total game. It's going to land one or two more often than, like, Kansas City and Cincinnati will, right? A game with a super high total here. So, if I had to bet the game, I would only bet the Giants from, like, a betting angle here. I also think you get... Washington or, or or the Giants rather in a major like break for them from what they had last week against Dallas, where I think the Cowboys are like potentially sleeping juggernaut here over the rest of the year, maybe the best team in the NFC. And like, let's get used to, by the way, the Cowboys are going to Tampa on wildcard weekend with the way that things are going to break right now. And we're going to get the Cowboys at Tom Brady, probably the four or five matchup on wildcard weekend, most likely here. So this is not the Cowboys that the Giants are playing here. And I think the market's kind of saying that the Giants are as bad as they looked against Dallas and Washington's not nearly as good as Dallas. So if I had to bet the game, I would bet the Giants One other angle here, and just to explain this to your audience very quickly for people that don't know, one of the tools in a better's toolbox is a six-point teaser, right? And a lot of people will use the teaser incorrectly. A teaser is when you move the line six points in a direction. If you are ever going to tease, you should look to capture three and seven. What does that mean? The Giants are two-and-a-half-point home underdogs. If you tease the Giants up, you tease them up to plus eight-and-a-half. That means if the Giants lose by three, you win your teaser leg. It means if the Giants lose by seven, you win your teaser leg. So you capture the two big, it's a math problem basically, right? And also you can apply your football analysis to it as well. I think the Giants are a magnificent teaser leg in a game with a low total coming up on Sunday against the Commanders. And that's why we talked to Nick Costas. That's why, right there. He's, he's giving you- predictions uh, already. He's giving bro. you information. And that's not a prediction. Like that's a spoiler. Like Dallas <laughs> no, no, is going to no, be no, the you're saying, you're saying that Dallas is playing Tampa round one. I mean, that's a prediction, Nick. No, that's a spoiler. Dallas is not going to win the NFC East. Most likely, probably not going to win the division. Philly, easy schedule coming down the stretch. Tampa's likely to win the NFC South and have the worst record of any of the four division winners in the NFC. Tampa would be the four. Dallas would be the five. I think that is like the a massive favorite to be the four or five matchup on wildcard weekend in Tampa. And Dallas would be a three point road favorite. That, that is a prediction. Coming from Nostradukis, I know predictions when I hear them. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. 
You know, Carl, like you watched that Falcon game. I mean, look, Cordero Patterson is wide open in the end zone. Yes, he is. And Mariota is throwing the ball for the game winner, and Deron Payne gets his ball up in the in the air and bats it, you know, and it's intercepted. Um, they had a hard time last last week, Washington did, stopping both Mariota and the backs. Like they couldn't. And so that's what Daniel Jones can present. He can present the same issue that the, the Washington had. But Washington's got a toughness about him. They're starting to play like Ron Rivera wants him to play. I've talked to him about it. There's a physical component to this team at all at all areas. The safeties, the linebackers, Jamin Davis looks like a number one pick. The defensive line is great, really good. And so I'm going to go with the defense of Washington here to win this game. And probably exactly the way Nick described, it's probably a field goal game. That the Giants, when they do win, it's usually by a low total. Um, it's whatever the under is, Nick. I mean, I would take the under in this game, and that's where I'm at with this. But the Giants certainly could spoil this thing here. But it's going to be really separate because everybody has you know four teams from the East in the playoffs right now. This game could help to separate that right now to make it just three teams. You better, you bet, host Nick Costas with us here on In the Huddle. Put him up, Carl Dukes, Brian Boldinger. You like Jacksonville, Nick, this week? Why? Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence had his awakening last week against the Ravens. And I, I and I, I said this, you know, with Jacksonville coming off its bye, I just thought it made sense. And, like, I, I feel, like, silly sometimes saying stuff like this with, like, Baldy who, like, play and is, like, you know, I was forgotten more about football than I know. This is just my sense of someone who's been watching football die hard every single week, literally since 1990, for o- over 30 years. My thought is, we've seen this before, Trevor Lawrence, year two, by week, Doug Peterson as his coach. And this was kind of reflected in a lot of the post-game quotes, like from the Jaguars in the locker room, talking about the impact Peterson's made, not just on Lawrence, but the team. But Trevor Lawrence was too good at Clemson to look the way that he looked last year with Urban Meyer, and then parts of the first half of this season prior to the bye week. And then he comes out in the fourth quarter, and like we've seen this before, when like the flip switches for the young quarterback, and they are just slinging it, and you're just like, oh my God, like they're going to win this game. It is inevitable. Now, I'm not saying the Jaguars are going to win the division or win every game uh, down the stretch here. Just that I think that the Jaguars are becoming something different now with Trevor Lawrence being what Trevor Lawrence is. And I don't think the betting market is accounting for it. So Detroit opens a one-point favorite. I think the Jaguars should be favorites in the game. They are now, not because I think it, just because I think people agree with me here. Uh, I think if it's close at the end, the Jaguars are going to find a way to win the game because they have Trevor Lawrence and the Lions have Jared Goff. No disrespect to Goff. He ain't Trevor Lawrence. I'll take the Jaguars to win in Motown. Baldy, the, the Lions have been in every game because of their offense, right? And even on the Thanksgiving Day game, we talked about it last week. Jason, you and I, when we were talking about, we're going to get a good noon game. I mean, usually mm-hmm. that noon game sucks. And we got a really good, entertaining noon game, and the Bills had to find a way to get it done. Um, I'm kind of leaning the other way. It's only one point, right? It's one point, Nick? Yep. Basically, like, pick the winner of the game is essentially what it is. It's a pick them, right? Look, Carl, like, I mean, look, Trevor was awesome in the fourth quarter. 18 points, two-point conversion, game winner, game-winning drive, fourth down conversions. Like, he, he threw the ball the way, I think, Everybody saw him throw it at Cartersville High School in Georgia there, the way he threw it, Clemson. Like, he threw the ball the way you got to win in this league. But I like Detroit. I I, I love the way Detroit competes. They, they could have easily won that game on Thanksgiving. Um, their, their young players are significant. You know, whether it's Penny Sewell or whether it's Amon Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, 
whether it's Malcolm Rodriguez, Aiden Hutchinson, Akuda, like your young players are stepping up. And they're going to get their guards back that didn't play on Thanksgiving, which was a big deal. And I got it. I, I just think Jared Goff is playing really good football, like really consistent football. He, and so I like the Lions. I, I like the way that they compete. I think they bounce back in this game. They've had 10 days to get ready for this. Uh, they, they believe in the coach. It's not the greatest coaching job timeouts and clock management. He's brutal. But there's, there's questions there. He's a little too he emotional sucks. probably to make those decisions. But I like Detroit <laughs> to bounce back in this game. Can, yeah. well, can, we, can we get the Andre Swift involved a little bit more in the run game here? It's just killing me with the Jamal Well, Williams can he stay healthy, Nick? Can he stay, he's, he's, he's practicing he full for like two months straight. Like, he has to miss the practice. They don't give him the ball. It's insane. He's the best running back. Jamal Williams is going to get the ball in short yards and goal line situations because he's a baller. So then you got to work. Then can he practice? Can he stay healthy? We see what he can do on the perimeter and in space. The game. And by, by the way, way this yeah. Ben Johnson in Detroit is going to be a head coach. He's going to be Mike McDaniel. This offense coordinator there. It's good. Is, it's good. He's really, he's, it's the subtle creative things that he does is noticeable. Yeah, that's a great point, Baldy. Uh, game is in Detroit, by the way. Nick, let's talk about Dolphins 49ers. Um, some people are saying, okay, you know, could this be a preview down the road? Speaking of predictions, what do you think about this? 49ers three and a half point favorite. We're talking betting with our guy, Nick Costas from you better, you bet here on in the huddle. What do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, Super Bowl rematch. What is that? That Super Bowl, what? Super Bowl 19 with the Montana, Niners? Montana, yeah. Marina. Yeah. That's right. Marino, yeah, over, 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 Nick. And, and Were you Palo born yet, Nick, in 84? Um, I, was <laughs> born in 1980, I was born in 1983, but I can okay, tell you, Baldy, right. Student of NFL history, I can tell you who won every Super Bowl, the final score, the MVP of every game. I'm not disputing the knowledge, brother. 38-16, final score there with the Niners and the Miami Dolphins in that Super Bowl. Um, So the Niners are a four-point favorite in this game. Sometimes I'll come on, like my show, You Better, You Better, like we do more of these, and I will tell you guys that both myself – and my co-host on the show, Ken Barkley, who like could be a professional better if he wanted to, does a show with me, and I'm thankful for that. Guests we have on during the week who literally move the betting market. Like when they make a bet, the line will literally move because of it. These are people with influence, not like your next door neighbor who's betting 50 bucks on the game. No disrespect <laughs> to that guy, but I'm being honest, right? People that actually like move the betting market. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes we will all agree, and everyone's like, "This is the bet to make on the game," and. More often than not, I feel like we'll probably win, but we lose because like it's called gambling, not sure thing, right? On this game, there is like legitimate, like a split here. Some people like the Dolphins. Some people like the San Francisco 49ers. So I bet Dolphins plus three and a half on Sunday night. My thought was the point spread of the game should be three. And I want to capture three and a half ahead of a key number, right? Apparently people disagree because the number has been bet up to four. And right now I have the worst of the number right now. I can tell you that my thought on this game I do think that the two teams are are fairly even. The Niners are better. They should be favored. I'm not going to make the case the Dolphins should be favored. But I don't think San Francisco should be more than a three-point favorite in this game. We look at what happened on Sunday. The Niners shut out the Saints, and that's going to get all like the headlines. I'll look how great this defense played. Listen, I bet the Saints, so like I was watching that game. New Orleans could have easily won the football game. Like San Francisco got, yes, like the defense had some stops on like fourth and like 10 straight fourth and goals was very aggravating. New Orleans could have easily not just kept that game closer, but won that football game. Eli Mitchell's down now. McCaffrey doesn't practice on Wednesday. I know that Shanahan shuttled these running backs in and out. You know who you'd rather have than Tyrion Davis-Price and Jordan Mason? Christian McCaffrey. Also, I know Mike McDaniel's the Shanahan understudy. I'll say this. 
Kyle Shanahan's a great coach and a great play caller. Also, he's ridiculously conservative in the big spots, and betters hate that about him. When it gets down, he's going to kick the field goal. He's going to punt in the big spot. He's, like, afraid in the big moments, and that's my opinion. I'm not trying to say that everyone on the show feels that way. That's my thought. You know who's not scared? Mike McDaniel. Who do I trust more in a big spot to make the right call, to win a game, to cover a spread, to cash a ticket? Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins. What? Yeah, not even close. What? Not even close. Not even, when it comes down to it, when you bet on a team to win a game, would you rather have Kyle Shanahan, who's going to send out Robbie Gould in the punt unit, or Mike (laughs) McDaniel, who's going to go for it? It's not even close. It's not even close. So for me, it's the Dolphins at any number above three. Yeah, but that conservative style, Nick, has had Jimmy Garoppolo win 40 games. 40 games. I'm I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm I'm saying he's saying It wins a lot of games, Nick. All right. Sure. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be more aggressive in spots. I've seen Mike McDaniel at midfield week, week one against New England on fourth and seven, go for it. Yeah. Like Bill Belichick would never do that. But Mike Dan- McDaniel won that game that week one because of it. I, I don't know where you're going, Nick, with New Orleans could have easily won the game. I saw Hafanga <laughs> blow up. Okay. Well, Alvin Kamara to go up. That's what happens. Like, that's what happens to money back. When they get but what you but what you betters don't know is what smacking <laughs> does to players. Alvin Kamara gives the ball up at the goal line. I saw Eli Mitchell go 33 yards straight up the middle for a touchdown. And they called George, you know, Kittle for a holding call. Questionable call. Like, like you say they could have easily won the game. They could have say you could have given New Orleans a hundred tries. They weren't going to score a freaking point. Maybe. Because that's what the 49ers defense does. They have the best group of linebackers right. in the right. league. It's not close. Yeah, The speed, the way that they hit, the way that they blow things up. And we haven't even said Nick Bose's name. Because I don't know if Taron Armstead's going to go. Like, it's his left shoulder. Like, I think he's going to go. And, and he can play with injuries. He's always 50, done 50-50 probably, right, at this point in the week when we record it, this. It, it's it like, seems he's like going to try to go, Nick. Okay? He, they'll strap it up. But Nick Bosa has only one goal in life. He doesn't care how many books he reads. He doesn't care who the president is. Like, he just wants well, to sack he quarterbacks. The second part. He maybe just he wants to that. literally take Tua down. That's it. That's all he cares about. And Mike McDaniel knows that. So how he, you know, how he postures this and protects this is going to be a big part of the game. But I'm not going against the 49ers in this game. I can't but either. Just, like betting-wise here, Miami, San Francisco wins by three. I win my bet. I true. So like, true. I, need, I, I lose if San Francisco wins by four. Yeah. So that's kind of why I like the bet. I think San Francisco should be favored, just not by more than three. Good stuff. Nick, uh, Jets, Vikings. Quarterback change with the Jets. It made a difference last week, but the Bears didn't have Justin Fields, and, and he shouldn't play the rest of the season, which Baldy and I will probably talk about here in just a little bit. But are you buying the Jets? Because the Vikings are a three-point favorite in this game. I know that I can be pretty bombastic and I'm pretty energetic, just like in general in life, but I promise that I am not prone to hot takes. I promise you that that is the case. You guys will learn that about me. I say it when we start every You Better You Bet. You get no hot take BS on the show, just bets and sports. Like I like to talk sports. I like to keep it real. So this is going to sound like a hot take and sounds like something that I do all the time. I do not do this all the time. This is my opinion coming up on this game. And like I will always acknowledge, and some people are like, well, he's hedging his opinion here. This is like Confucius like says, like true knowledge knows from knowing what you don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in the game. People that tell you they know what's going to happen like are, are, are scammers, right? I'm not going to tell you that this is what's going to happen in the game. But this is my opinion, and I feel pretty strong about it. I think the Jets are going to blast them on Sunday. I love, love the Jets in this game here. 
Minnesota's defense, the underlying metrics are not good. I am not suggesting the Vikings are a bad team. I am just suggesting they are not as good as their record indicates. The betting market says that. When they're less than a three-point favorite at home against New England, and now they're laying only three at home against the Jets, people will look at this and say, oh my God, their record is so good. How could this be? They were also a home underdog against Dallas and got destroyed 40-3. to Now, that's confirmation bias, right? Well, Dallas killed them, so they're not good. Or they're just not good. Like, period, right? This defense isn't great. I'm not saying Mike White is Joe Namath. I'm not saying he's Boomer Esiason. They also don't need him to be. They need competence at the quarterback position with the weapons they've got on offense. And by the way, this might be, and Baldy, curious your opinion here, is this the second best defense in football? If you think San Francisco's is the best, it's a top five defense, right? The best unit in this game is the Jets defense. That number one in this one here. So if Mike White just doesn't turn the football over and spreads the ball out and lets Garrett Wilson run past bad Vikings cornerbacks here and the Jets defense does its thing, I think the Jets are going to win this game by 10. It's a hot take. I understand. I am not prone to that. I'm going to bet the Jets in this game plus three and on the money line. I think the Jets go into Minnesota, Baldy. I think they win the game. Mm. Well, I did that game last week in New York and I saw Mike White play and he made quick, accurate decisions all day. To your point, Carl, I mean, the Bears were way down. I mean, it's a bad I mean, defense. Two starters. I mean, yes. So I get that, but he still made all the throws and he gets the ball out of his hands fast. He did the same thing against Cincinnati, his first start last year when he threw for 400. And he looks like to be a gamer. He brought the team down the field last week at the end of the first half in the final minute to get a field goal. He took the team down the field in, against the Bengals last year in the final minute to win the game. He's got that thing to him. And they do have really good weapons. I think Minnesota is just further along. I just think they have better stars right now. And the game is in the hands of the stars. Like, I understand that the Jets' defensive line uh, can affect Kirk Cousins, and and maybe he'll throw them to. And if he does, the Jets are going to win the game. But I, I also know that Justin Jefferson is just a difference maker. Like, they're stars, Dalvin, Justin. Like, they're just more stars. If Brees Hall was in here, and like, like all that for the Jets, okay. I just think Minnesota is just further along with the way that they have built this team and the way that it's being coached. So I like, I like, I think the Jets are a fantastic story because Mike White's going to start, he's going to be the starter the rest of the year as long as he stays healthy. Like this Zach Wilson thing is over for this year. But so Mike, Mike White's the quarterback, and that's a good thing. I just think that this is a tough spot for the Jets this week. They go to Buffalo next week. This is a, this is a real stretch where we're going to find out. Can they stay in the playoff hunt or aren't they going to stay? Nick, uh, I want to ask you about the Steelers-Falcons game because uh, the Steelers were impressive against the Colts. Um, you know, they got major stops. They made Matt Ryan look like, you know, he was a guy that was uh, not a future Hall of Famer, which he is, despite what's happened this year, you know, in his tenure as a quarterback. Don't shake your hand like that. He's got the numbers of a top top 10 quarterback. All the numbers, everybody's in except Drew Brees. He's going in. So will Matt Ryan. Put my guy Eli Manning in first, and then we can get Matt Ryan. Well, he'll get in because he's he's got Super Bowl wins. That's not debatable. I want to talk about what you think about the Steelers and Falcons coming up this weekend. The Falcons are coming off a heartbreak, but they're still in this. They're only a half game out behind the Bucs, as crazy as it is. Whether you buy them or not, what do you think about this particular game and the spread? So this is a, uh, a content trope here that has no impact on who's going to like cover the spread in the game, but like I do like the side, so I'll do it here. Which team has the better head coach in the game, the Steelers or the Falcons? Steelers. Which team has the better quarterback in the game, the Steelers or the Falcons? Steelers. Which team has the better defense in the game, the Steelers or the Falcons? Steelers. Great, Steelers are going to win. Done. 
uh, now like a betting conversation here. Um, Falcons open to one point favorite. I disagree strongly with that. Pittsburgh is now favored in the game. It's basically the same flip that we've seen with Detroit and Jacksonville. It's not a major flip, but it's just like Pittsburgh's better even on the road. Pittsburgh's better. Pittsburgh, you can't overstate how big of an impact TJ Watt makes when he's in the lineup. And I actually think like if you, I would say it's like Watt, Aaron Donald and Parsons would be the three guys that impact their defense, if they're not playing, that impact their defense the most. Where we saw this, what the Steelers' defense was in week one against the Bengals, when Watt like wrecked that game and burrowed through all those picks. Watt gets hurt, the Steelers' defense becomes like a bottom seven or bottom whatever defense in the league, and now they're back to being like a top seven defense or whatever with TJ Watt. He makes that big of a difference here. I give the Falcons a ton of credit. They were like in competing in games they shouldn't compete in. I think that speaks to coaching. And I like what they're building here, what Arthur Smith and company are building in Atlanta. It ain't happening this year. Pitts isn't there anymore. Not that they were even throwing him the football anyway. The Steelers are just better. They're just better. And I think they're going to win. I like the Steelers on Sunday in Atlanta against the Falcons. Yeah. And your points are valid about the Steelers. What's crazy is it's a down year for Mike Tomlin. <laughs> that's I don't know Penny that's how good. Before. That's how good Yeah, but that's how good he's been, Baldy, right? I mean, we take for granted how damn good this guy's been for how long he's been in Pittsburgh. Hall of Famer. And then this is now a down year where he's transitioning a rookie quarterback into the mix. It's crazy. It is. Um, so, got, go ahead. I'm, let me just pick up on something Nick said about TJ. Um, because on the opposite side is Alex Highsmith, who's got 10 sacks, four forced fumbles. Yeah, Kim Hayward is just an anomaly. Monster. Like he just he destroyed Famer, right? in the game. And then you add Larry Ogunjobi. I'll put that four against anybody's in the league. Anybody's the Jets, the 49ers. Give me a give me Dallas. I'll put that four against anybody. So if you said, okay, what's the best position group in this game? Pittsburgh's defensive line. Mm. So they can affect the game. Now. Atlanta has run the ball real well, and Pittsburgh has been susceptible to the run, um, in part because their linebackers are always out of position. Um, but this this is a game where the Steelers' defensive line – and look, TJ and Cam, they're paid to go do this. All right, so – but the other thing that's exciting is I like Kenny Pickett. Me too. I just like him. The second half of that game against Colts, he was lights out good. And this combination of him and Pickens, Pickens coming back to Georgia – like this kid blocks, he gets excited when they run. Like I, I think Pittsburgh could make a late season run. If you look at them now, they lost to Cincinnati by seven, but they scored thirty. So like I think this team, they're starting to run the ball better. They ran it really good the other night, and with a combination of guys. Once Najee went down, like they're not great up front. It's a, it's a weakness. They need a left tackle. They need pieces. But I think Pittsburgh is in a position to make a run. And I think it's going to continue this week in Atlanta. I, and I love me some Kenny Pickett. He reminds me, and this is just like me as like a fan, he reminds me of a young Eli Manning. And I mean that in the most like complimentary way possible. I'm a Giants fan. Yeah. I, listen, Eli was great in the big moments, right? That's what it was really about for Eli Manning. Hey, guys, it's in the huddle. Subscribe, like us. Nick is here hanging out, talking, gambling with us and betting on these games this upcoming weekend, which we absolutely love. I don't think Aaron Rodgers should play. I think you got to find out what Jordan Love is. But I don't know what they're going to do there. But the Packers still have games in front of them, even though I think they're completely out of this. Just from a betting standpoint, I don't know if it's Rodgers. He says he's going to go. Okay, if he doesn't and it's Jordan Love, how much does that change your opinion on this game with the Packers, Nick? 
So a, a massive amount. But I think it's kind of like what we're looking at right now is on the opposite side here with Chicago. Matt LaFleur basically telling you Aaron Rodgers is going to play in the game. The Packers get bet a little bit off of that. So we can have a conversation as to, like, should he play? And I think that's a fair conversation. I thought Love looked awesome coming into – now, obviously, the, the, they're down by 14, and it's not like starting the game. But I thought Love looked really good against the Eagles when he came in on Sunday night. So let's operate under the assumption, and the betting market's telling you Aaron Rodgers is going to play in the game. So Green Bay is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. This is what we like to call an in-between number, basically, where this is basically in-between is Justin Fields going to play and is a backup going to play for the Chicago Bears, slanted more towards Justin Fields not playing. So the Bears signed Tim Boyle right off like the Lions practice squad, I think. So the question is now, as a better that you have to ask yourself is, okay, generally when a player gets elevated off the practice squad at a position, it, it spells a bad thing for a player at that position who's dealing with an injury. This is how betters think on game day, right? A running back gets activated off the practice squad. The, the, the starter who's questionable is probably not going to play. Like that's probably what it means, right? Now the issue here is that the Bears' top two quarterbacks are both dealing with injuries, Fields and Trevor Simeon. So who is Boyle a hedge against? Is it a hedge against Fields or is it a hedge against Simeon? So as a better, these are kind of the questions you ask yourself and you're dealing in probability. What I think the probability is, is that Justin Fields is not going to play on Sunday. He practiced in a limited fashion on Wednesday. He was also practicing in a limited fashion last week. Also, his arms like hanging out of its socket. It would be the height of insanity to play Justin Fields in this game. So my opinion is, if Justin, I don't think Fields is going to play. And if he doesn't play, the point spread of this game has to be at least six for Green Bay. This Bears defense is brutal. They're down a couple of these like exciting young players in the secondary that we really like. I think Rodgers will slice and dice them. He loves going into, into Chicago and shoving it in the Bears' face. We know that. So if it's Rodgers, which it is, and if it's not Fields, which I expect, this point spread is short. Green Bay needs to be a bigger favorite. But this is where the injury report on Thursday and then tomorrow on Friday will tell us a lot more what we need to know about this game with Green Bay and Chicago. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I couldn't agree with you more, Nick, on, on all of this. Uh, I could go on and on. I mean, Green Bay's defense, I've never seen a team get run on for 363 yards mm. in this league. I haven't seen it. Like, this isn't Alabama against, you know, uh, I don't know, pick a school, uh, uh, Georgia Southern. Right. right. That doesn't happen in the NFL. And they have all these first-round picks, too. It's not like they're a bunch of, like, scrubs out there, right, undrafted free. These are, like, first-round picks. They're, they're just – they've just gone so far backwards on that side of the ball. Like, I don't know that they can recover from that. Now, the Bears have lost Khalil Herbert and Justin Fields. And, like, if if those guys were in the lineup, I, I would take the Bears in this game easily. But sure. they're not. And But you asked the first question, Carl, about Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love. And I just feel, like, if I was an organization, 
I'm ready to move on. Yeah. I'm ready to move on. Like I know Aaron is Aaron and they're going to make, they're going to put Aaron in there as long as he's healthy right now. And as long as they're not eliminated, I, I understand that that's kind of like the respect due to a hall of fame quarterback, but you got, this is the third year for Jordan love. Like they've got to know, can he be that guy? Can he be that guy that sat for three years and be, because the Packers from star to far to Rogers, they've got a legacy like no other team. You just know deep down, like Matt LaFleur kind of wants, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, yeah. you know? He wants to see what's what. What's the new new. He wants yeah. to see if the kid can get it done. Yeah. Nick, one last thing for you before you get out of here. I know you got to go. Guys, check out You Better, You Bet. Follow Nick. You see it there at the K-O-S-T-O-S. You can follow him across social media and get all of this great content, guys. And Nick, we always appreciate you coming on. I got to ask you about a game that I'm looking forward to, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals. Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's the marquee game this week when you talk about what could potentially, you know, what, what this means moving forward. And last week we saw no chase, no mixing. It didn't matter. Joe Burrow is just big D Joe Burrow. And he shows it every week. But can he do it again? Because I think they are a two-point dog in this game. Well, if he sh- I think if he's showing that every week, then he's probably going to be in jail. So hopefully that's not going to be the case for Joe Burrow. <laughs> but this game on – so this is this is like a simple betting conversation here, guys, with what the point spread is. So the game opens Kansas City as a three-point road favorite at Cincinnati. Kansas City absolutely should be favored in the game. I do not think they should be a three-point favorite in the game. I took Cincinnati plus three. The mm. number is now two and a half. I would never bet the game now. Now – I've talked to people on the show this week that think Kansas City absolutely should be a three-point favorite. And now that the number's two and a half, they would look to lay it with Kansas City. For me, it's as easy as this. It is a number conversation. I don't even, the on-field handicap is whatever in this game for me. Like, we can talk about how the Bengals are going to alley-oop the ball to Chase and Higgins, look to beat the Chiefs' coverage the way they play, like the third and 17 on uh, on Sunday with Justin Herbert to Keenan Allen, right? That almost cost the Chiefs the game, that long pass, uh, the Chargers-Chiefs um, on Sunday Night Football. For me, this is going to be Bengals plus three. The number's not there anymore. If it never comes back, I'm not going to advocate anything in this game. I just think the Chiefs should be less than a three-point favorite. I can keep it, honestly, as simple as that. And and the great Jamar Chase returns, and we know what he did in Week 17 last year against Kansas City, and then, of course, in the AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs. So Bengals plus three is my bet. That number no longer exists. I don't think it will again. Shameless self-promotion. Listen to my show on Mondays because I bet a lot on Sunday night. We're trying to beat the, the market here yes, on, yeah. before the numbers move. So Bengals plus three is my bet. Maybe I lose, but there you have it. All right. Would you buy the point? Would you buy the half point? No, nah, at this point. Well, I mean, it really it depends on kind of like who you are as a better. Like if you're like trying to bet seriously and trying to win, it also depends on how much you're betting. So if you're out there listening and you're the kind of guy who wants to like bet 20 bucks on the game or 50 bucks on the game and just like watch it and enjoy, which is totally fine. Then yeah, you could get away with buying the half point. Just like know that when you do that, like the sports books are gouging you or like bending you over in that instance. Like it is not <laughs> a, a great thing generally to do, but if you're the type of guy, you're just like, whatever. It's yeah. like you pay 20 bucks to go see a movie and you're entertained for two hours. And at the end, you don't get your money back. So if you just want to watch for entertainment and you want to buy a half point and pay more and get gouged, go for it. But just know that when you're doing that, like it is not like the best financial thing that you can do. That would be my advice. You better, you bet. Check him out. Nick Koskos. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, bro. Uh, coming appreciate on you, Nick. every week. Stuff, I mean, we're, we're doing this more and more guys as we get closer to the end of the season. And Nick, we love your input. Love your uh, suggestions.
And at some point, if you guys want, now every week on You Better You Bet leading up to the end of the season, we do our playoff simulation. So basically, like, what would the matchups be if the season ended today? And then we, like, we create our point spreads for those games as a way to get ahead of betting the playoffs. Now, obviously, a lot can change. Teams can drop out, come in, injuries can happen right now. But like, and I mentioned earlier, just food for thought. It is extremely likely to be Dallas and Tampa in that first round matchup in Tampa. If that's the case, Dallas is going to be a three-point road favorite in Tampa, yeah. and betters are going to have the option of taking three points at home with Tom Brady. So let me just throw this one thing out at you, Nick, sure. real quick here, Carl. Yeah. Like, the, the NFC is a mess, okay? It it's is. a mess. Arizona's four and eight. Atlanta's five and seven. Carolina, four and eight. Detroit, four and seven. Green Bay, four and eight. New Orleans, four and eight. The Bucks five and six. Like, it's a mess. But one of those teams is going to come out of it. Now, it might be Tampa. Maybe it's Detroit. Like, somebody's going to come out of it and make a play. Because we saw the Raiders do it last year, win their last four, get in the playoffs, give Cincinnati all they can handle sure. in the playoff game. Like, that's what I'm kind of looking at, Nick, down the stretch here, is these teams that look terrible, got bad records, but who can put it together and just cobble wins together and stack them and get to the playoffs? Because one of these teams is going to come out of it at the NFC, and they're going to join the playoff picture. No doubt. Nick, I know you got to run, man. Thank you again. We look forward to our next visit, brother. Thanks so much. Wishing you guys and all your great listeners minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. You better, you bet. All right, Baldy, we got to talk about some other things here real quick because uh, I want to get your thoughts on Deshaun Watson returning. It's uh, in the huddle, guys. Subscribe. This is uh, an episode we put out every Tuesday, Thursday. Jason Lock on forward joins us as well. And again, we appreciate all the feedback. Everybody's giving us a shot to, you know, uh, to be in their lives and giving us a few minutes of their day. And we certainly appreciate all the feedback from you guys. Deshaun Watson's back. Is it the best decision for the Browns to start him against the Houston Texans? Uh, I saw a report where, you know, Tony Busby, he's the attorney for the plaintiffs, the women who filed the, the civil cases against Deshaun Watson. I think 10 of these women are going to be at this game trying to make a statement. There are a lot of things around the game that are going on. Is this the best circumstance to, for him to make his return? Well, that's going to happen no matter when he makes his debut, Carl. There's going to okay. be protests. You got to get through it. I remember when Mike Vick got signed in Philadelphia after his, you know, what, what his dalliance you know, the dog fighting, like they, they have, you have to get through it. So, but my question is like Jacoby Brissett, isn't the reason why the Browns are where they're at. True. Like they played a great game last week against Tampa and Jacoby Brissett has been really good. He's been really solid, way better than I thought he would be. So my question is who expects Deshaun Watson after not playing for basically two years to go out and have the timing and all the stuff that see the field and all the things you got to do, like I just think it's going to be a hard transition. Like I know you, you paid him to be the starter and you went through all of this to do it. So you got to play him. But I'd be surprised if he plays better than what we have basically seen Jacoby do week in, week out, which has been lead, like make good plays, um, you know, find the open receiver. Like they've got a lot of other issues on that team that have prevented them from getting on any kind of a role. And the last guy that I'd say is responsible for the record they have right now is Jacoby. But yeah. if, but I understand, like, all right, this is the moment. We plan for it. But I just think it's going to be tough to expect Deshaun to go out there and play at a high level. Titans-Eagles, uh, we didn't talk about this game with Nick, but I want to get your thoughts on it because the Eagles are 10-1. and Jalen Hurts continues to impress. We've talked about that Titans front, but they kind of got exposed last week with Joe Burrow. And I don't know if that's just Burrow's prowess. 
the game plan and how they approached the Titans, I actually thought the Titans were going to win that game last week. Baldy? Yeah, yeah. well, they were, they were 2016. They had plenty of chances. They couldn't do it. The, 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 the whole key to the Titans team is Derrick Henry. So, like, this Lou Anarumo in Cincinnati is a great defensive coordinator. And I've never seen Cincinnati play run defense like that. Now, it makes a difference. DJ Reader was in there. Mike Hilton coming off the slide. Like, if Derrick Henry gets going, and he's capable of getting going against this Eagles defense, they've had, they've had issues. And I don't know if Jordan Davis is going or not going here, Carl, because he does make a difference. But the Eagles, if, if Derrick Henry gets going, the whole team, the whole thing changes. Like the defense is off the field. The defense plays a power game. They go through you. They don't go around you. They affect the game a lot more. Now, they still haven't given up 21 points in forever, you know. So they, defensively, they're still keeping the score down. But to me, it's, it's Derrick Henry. Can he get going against the Eagles? Because the Eagles have shown signs that they are not very good against the run. They got good pass rushers. If you get to that situation, you got guys that can scream off the edge. They haven't shown that they can do that. And so to me, that's what it's going to come down to. If they keep Derrick Henry under 70 yards, uh, Eagles are going to win this game. But if he's up there 130, 140, 150, they, it's going to be a problem for the Eagles. Yeah, it's a great point. Baldy, um, all right. So the, the idea, you just talked about this, and I, I want to just rehash this a little bit. You know, Commander 7-5, and five, you know, you talk about all these teams that are bunched up in the NFC, and you said stack wins. I totally agree with you. Like these next five weeks, somebody's going to pop, right? Somebody's going to come out of that pack. Yeah. Based on what you've seen this season, is there a team you give an edge to based on what we know? Because I know we talk about up front and defensive lines and stoutness. And, you know, we just talked about the Lions and their ability to score and, and the offensive coordinator. Is there somebody you go, I would maybe give this team an edge to be the team to come out. I know everybody thinks, Baldy, it's going to be Tampa because it's Brady. I don't necessarily feel that way. I, I, I just don't, don't. I don't feel – I think it's going to be one of these other teams we've talked about. Like, if you just look at Carolina last week, I mean, look, what Dante Foreman does, if he gets 15 carries, he's getting you 100-plus. He's a when monster. He, they run the ball. They've got a good – like, whoever takes the job, and I don't, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, with the interim coach, but – They've got pieces on that team. Yeah. Like Brian Burns and Derek Brown and Jeremy Chin, you know, J.C. Horn. I mean, they're really good players. The offensive line is solid. And so D.J. Moore, like they've got pieces there. And you go, they're not that far away. Could it start this year? Because mm. like the way Foreman ran the ball last week, he's got well over 100 yards in four of his last six games. But in all those games, he's got 15 to 25 carries. and so. Denver's got a good defense, and he he just he just creased them, you know. So, um, like, but my gut though says Detroit can still come out of this thing. Now I know Minnesota, you know, is out there and they're going to win the division, but like wild Detroit, card, wild card. Yeah. they could easily won Thanksgiving. Like, they've got good. They've been drafting high, you know, got a lot of talented players, and now they got a good scheme. So Detroit, to me, is a team I just keep my eye on. I like watching them play. Like, they're not boring football, Carl. Like, no. they're exciting to watch. They put a good product on the field. Now, this Amon Ross St. Brown, is he, he's not Cooper Cup, but he does all the things that Cooper Cup does. He's tough as could be. He blocks good. He's your clutch guy on third down. Like, if they get this number one pick out of Alabama going here, 
down the stretch and he becomes something. I don't know. Like that team looked like they, they could do something. Yeah. I'm with you. Baldy. I know you're up against it. We got to get out of here, man, because uh, we always love uh, what you bring. Enjoy your work as always, brother. And uh, guys, thank you for checking us out in the huddle. We're going to be back next week. Listen, the countdown's on Baldy's right. Every week, it's getting bigger and bigger as we get closer to the playoffs, and yeah. all these games count. I mean, every year I talk about, you know, this to listeners. Oh, well, that didn't count. Yeah, it counted earlier in the season, and it's going to count now, you know? Yeah. So all these games matter when you start talking about head-to-head matchups, uh, common opponents, all this stuff because it's just so cluttered right now, and we got to see who rises to the top. Baldy, looking forward to our visit next week, man. Thank you so much. Have a great Thanks, week. Paul. All about a great weekend. Yeah, you guys enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you next week in the huddle.